Welcome back, everyone, to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald. The only place to get your Florida Keys prep sports news and history. You can find this podcast every Thursday at keysweekly.com. Please share this podcast and like. You can find me on Facebook at Florida Keys and Key West High School Sports Histories. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald. Thank you so much, Keys Weekly, for allowing me to do this. Please check out the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap on print or in print, as they say. You guys, everybody gets the Keys Weekly. It's the best newspaper going in Monroe County today. And you're going to find all of your local prep sports action there. My wife, Tracy McDonald, does the writing and I do the talking. And there's a lot to talk about this week. States bound, the number one. Monroe County Marathon High School cross country. Boys are going to state and girls are going to state. Four marathon boys. Vance Bursa leads the Dolphins to a third place at the 1A regional race. They qualify for states. The girls qualify for states last week. Marathon traveled to Indian River on Friday afternoon, a day ahead of the races. They were held October 29th on Saturday. Now, the Dolphins will turn around this weekend for the November 5th state championships in Tallahassee. Marathon won a district title overwhelmingly. Vance Bursa took fourth place overall, leading his team to a third place finish and an automatic entry to states. Jim Murphy noted that the start of the boys' race was unusually fast. The first 400 meters looked more like a track race than a cross-country race. Now, along with Vance Bursa, who finished fourth overall in the region and legitimately has a great chance to medal at the state championships, will be his brothers, Jacob and Tony Bursa. Tony is a seventh grader, along with Mason Buxton, Dylan Shalar, Emmett Merriman, and Jack Dunn. This is the eighth consecutive year that Jim Murphy has taken his cross-country team to state. So kudos to him. Congratulations to him. And good luck to the marathon boys. As far as the marathon girls go, new coach, new cross-country coach for girls at Marathon High School, Darby Sheehan and the Lady Finns are also going to states. This will be the fourth trip in the row for the girls. They ran an average of 23 minutes, 30 seconds, and... That is a five-kilometer race for all of you at home. In cross-country, they run a 5K, which is about 3.1 miles, and the average for the girls' team was 23.30. They took eighth place in a final spot qualifying for states. The top seven making the trip for marathon will be Maeve Merriman, Madeline Thornton, Ella Dunn, Rain Banks, Mikkel Ross, Sarah Robinson, and Ryland Richards. Now, Key West ran their regional race October 27th in Boca Raton. Kayla McKemma ran a personal best 20-36 to lead the Lady Conks, but unfortunately the team missed qualifying for states. They finished 15th in their division. Um, It was a great effort by Key West High School. As far as uh, the boys go, Colbin Hill, whose respectable 18 minutes 48 seconds time was good enough for 42nd place, in the FHSAA 2A Region 4 event, but not quite fast enough to move on. The Coral Shores boys team and Kai Guth, who qualified for the girls' race individually, Simon Gutierrez led the Hurricanes with a 24th place, 17 uh, minutes, 53 second finish. The boys' team for Coral Shores ended in 14th place, marking the end of their season. Gutierrez was one place shy of making a state 
appearance as an individual. So football season, it's still going on for some, unfortunately for me and Marathon High School, our season ended. We're an independent. We are not in a conference, so we play a regular season. And our regular season uh, ended last week with a lot of things going on. Let's break it down. Last Friday night at Marathon, um, the first thing, the coolest thing was, a lot of you might have seen it on Facebook or not, was the 2000 football team was honored. Okay, why were they honored? Well, they are the football team in marathon history with the most wins in a season with 12. They went to the final four in the state. And we had planned on doing it in 2020, but something called COVID got in the way. So now that hopefully we're back to normal, we decided, hey, let's bring back that 2020 team. I'm sorry, that 2000 team. And let's honor them for their 20th year reunion. But we're going to honor them in 2022. So it seemed like we had 15 players and two coaches there. They got honored at halftime. You know, there was a meet and greet with the players and the coaches at school. A lot of these players haven't been back to marathon since they graduated. And I was just really happy to see it all. Um, I have a little bit of experience. I was coaching at Key West at the time. I was on the varsity staff with Greg Kramer. I was a young defensive lineman coach in 2000 at Key West High School. And we had a pretty good team that year. And one of the losses uh, came to Marathon when they came down to Key West and played us. Uh, It was a tough, tough environment for Marathon to play in. They had a lot of stars. That was a loaded team. T.T. Holmes, Joey Strife, Giovanni Gonzalez. You know, that that was the backfield that year. Joey Strife had 2,000 yards rushing. I could remember T.T. Holmes was his ability to, to scramble and throw and run the option. And Giovanni Gonzalez had over 1,000 years, 1,000 yards also. It was just a great time, great night. I saw my good friend, Coach Mike Roy. He was a coach for Marathon in 2000. He's work, currently working at Sugarloaf School as a teacher. Congratulations to those guys. As far as the football game went, it was a very, very high-scoring affair. For those of you who followed the podcast, you guys know that Marathon was able to beat University School earlier in the year during a three-time rain delay game at Marathon. They beat them. We beat them by two points. So we knew all year long that University is going to come back. You know, guys, everybody knows University is a strong program. They have a lot of good players, and they had this date circled on their calendars is when they were going to come back to marathon and it was an up and down game marathon was up the final score was 44 38 um thomas eubanks scored twice on short attempts deshaun holmes caught an eight yard touchdown pass but the night as far as marathon goes belonged to malachi hawkins he scored two touchdowns on the ground for the dolphins he had 257 yards rushing for the night. So in his final three games as a Dolphin, he goes 257, 321, 327, I think, were his final three games rushing on the ground. Um, unfortunately for the Dolphins, it came up short, 44 38. But I think there's a lot of things for Coach Mac Childers to build on as, as we move forward with this marathon high school football team. Now, as far as Key West High School goes, they had one of their very few trips of the year. I know that we have talked a lot on this podcast about Key West High School and their ability to stay at home this year. So you guys enjoy it while you can. It's always great to have a lot of home games. And they were uh, on a bus ride this week to Fort Myers Gateway. 
that's the bad news. The good news is they got up there and did great. They ended up winning 27 to three. Um, and that puts them right now in sort of a great position. Mm, I'll say good position as far as the district race goes. Key West High School is in a district. Right now they have one loss in their district. But the good news is, is the team that beat them also has one loss. So if Key West can take care of business at home tomorrow night, there's going to be a three-way tie for the district champion. And then they will use the max prep power rankings to determine who that district champion is. So step one for Key West High School, Adrian Myra, the Flexbone offense, Coach Johnny Hughes is to take care of business on the field tomorrow night and get a win against Bishop Verlo, a team that they were supposed to play during the Hurricane Ian, but is a district matchup and got rescheduled for this weekend when originally the Conks were slated to play Ocala's Trinity Catholic. But that game had to be canceled because this district game had to be played. So if you're listening to this, if you're in if you're in the lower keys, if you're a Key West fan, Key West High School really needs your support tomorrow night, so go and check them out. Also, as far as Coral Shores goes, um, they played Ransom Everglades in the FIFC State Football Semifinals, which is their conference, the Southeastern Conference. They had their playoff game. Now, you guys might remember before, Coral Shores beat Ransom Everglades 21-7 in a hard-fought battle at Coral Shores. Uh, Being a marathon coach, I watched that film a couple times. A fantastic game plan laid out by Coach Holly, and they were able to get that win in the regular season. In the playoffs, the Coral Shores Hurricanes went up to ransom, and they ended up playing a hard-fought playoff game. They ended up losing uh, 36-38 in double overtime. So a great season by Coach Holly, which is not over yet. They play in a consolation game for their conference against Palmer tomorrow at four. So if you're up in Coral Shores and you're listening, I'm hoping you're motoring over to Palmer to watch that game and to give your Hurricanes support. What a great job by Ed Holly this year. Um, as far as the game goes, Yemsel, the quarterback for Coral Shores, was limited to injuries, as was uh, Division One recruit. Xavier Arrington were both limited by high ankle sprains. Both of them ended up playing, but they were not at their best selves. And it just wasn't enough to beat Ransom and to move on to the championship game. But regardless, the interesting thing, the the game within the game is that Coral Shores gets another crack at Palmer Trinity School, a team that beat them earlier in the year, 17-14. So as a coach, as a player, you have a reason to get excited for this type of game. Uh, Ed Holly came in his first year back, directed his team to a fantastic season. And moving forward, Coral Shores is definitely going to be a force to deal with in Monroe County football. Um, and I know at the top, we talked about everything changing. As my wife, Tracy McDonald, has an article this week that is called Winter is Coming. And what that is documented is documenting is that the fall sports are ending. The winter is here. And with that comes the winter sports, boys and girls basketball, girls weightlifting, boys and girls soccer. There uh, for Coral Shores and Key West High School, wrestling season is here. So there's a lot of great things coming up. And you guys won't believe it even starts as early as this week. 
In fact, on Friday, Coral Shores has a girls soccer preseason game against Seminole High School at Founders Park. Coral Shores swimming has regionals. That's still a fall sport. Key West High School is playing football tomorrow night at Bishop Verlo. Oh, actually, Bishop Verlo's coming to town. They're playing at the backyard at 7. Coral Shores is at Palmer Trinity at 4 p.m. All the Keys teams cross country. At States, they're playing at Appalachie Regional Park in Tallahassee. The girls are running at 7.50. The boys are running at 8.40. Key West High School on uh, November 5th has a preseason game also against Summer, uh, Seminole. And 11-6, Key West Girls Soccer is at Mater Academy Charter. So things are starting to transition from fall sports to winter sports. Football, hopefully for Key West, is going to have a couple more weeks left for them to play. Um, Coral Shores, definitely tomorrow. Win, lose, or draw is going to be their last day in marathon. Their last game was last week. Um, Regardless, I felt like all three Keys football teams had a great season and I'm sure all the coaches are going to be looking forward to the future. Back to cross country, you know, on this podcast, I like to have a lot of different guests from Monroe County, people who played in Monroe County or coached in Monroe County. I would like to branch out a little bit and maybe get some referees or some boosters or some administrators that have dealt with athletics in their career here in Monroe County. But because of the fact that Marathon High School boys are going to their eighth straight boys state championships and the girls are going to their fourth i thought it would be a great idea to have coach jim murphy from marathon high school the cross country guru who has really been running those programs for about the last 10 years and we're going to talk a little bit about this season his runners their chance at at states the boys the girls new cross country coach for the girls darby sheehan the impact that she's had on the girls teams But we're also going to talk about his career, the different sports he's coached, and the different things that he's seen during his time in Monroe County. So I want you guys to sit back and relax, and we're going to have a nice discussion with Coach Jim Murphy. Well, breaking news. Congratulations on the line. We have Coach Jim Murphy from Marathon High School, the guru of Monroe County Cross Country. His boys team is advancing to their eighth straight trip to states and their and his girls team well, under the tutelage also of Coach Darby Sheehan is advancing to the states also. Congratulations, Coach. Thank you. Yeah, we- well, go ahead, and you guys took the big trip to Tallahassee, and a lot of our listeners are also people that played in the Keys, so um, you guys, both the boys and the girls, advanced from districts, and they went to regionals. Where was regionals located for cross-country, Coach? Uh, we ran yesterday or Saturday morning in Vero Beach. It was the first time we ran at that course. It was at uh, Indian... Uh, Indian River Fairgrounds. And um, so what is that trip like for you guys? Our, our, our listeners in the Keys know Vero Beach. That's a pretty serious trip. What time did you guys leave the day before, the day of? What is that like for your team? Yeah, so we left at 8 in the morning the day before. And um, with a lot of cross-country races, once you hit regionals and states, you have to be there the day before to register. Um, and you get like a course preview and everything. So we had to be up in Vero before three o'clock. So we, we took off at eight o'clock and got up there and saw the course and 
marked out a few areas that we were going to look at the next day as uh, markers to advance at or to hold off at during the race and got a good night's sleep and then got up at 4:45 in the morning and got to the course and the girls ran right when the sun rose. So you talk about the, the resiliency of the keys athlete. I would, I would believe that almost every other team didn't have to go through those trials and tribulations that you go through just to go to regionals. Regionals supposed to be a spot sort of in your area. I'm sure all the other teams woke up in the morning, went to school for a little bit, maybe left early and drove over to regionals. And you talk about South Florida. It's not too big of a drive for everybody except for the athletes in the Keys. And and not only did you guys leave the day before, you also stay in a hotel and then the next day you're getting ready for the race and they're running so the girls started first so in order when we talk about advancing to state coach now obviously cross country is an individual race there's there's individual state champions but there's also a team aspect to that can you explain to our listeners how that team aspect of cross country works yes so they they switch they they switch qualifications every few years and They'll go from like an individual aspect some years, and then they'll go to a team. And right now we're in a team aspect. Um, what they do is the first eight teams advance um, from districts to regionals and then from regionals to states. And then the top three individuals that weren't on one of those eight teams also advance. Um, in years past, it would be like the top four teams and the top 15 people. Um, so it switches every year, but for this year, it's the top eight teams and then the top three individuals, not on a team. So you have, so you are one of the top eight teams in the region. Is that fair to say as far as the girls go? Yes. Yep. And they actually, they actually got eighth place. So they, they held on there and, um, in cross country, it's based on a point system that it's not uncommon to have over a hundred points, 200 points. And, we were within five points of the ninth place team. So just passing that one extra runner at the end for a girl made the difference. So that's fascinating because it really is a team sport because uh, how many girls uh, count for your team score? So five girls count for the team and then you have seven altogether run and your sixth and seventh runner, there's, their place would then add a point to another team that didn't have a runner in yet. But your, your top five are what, what count for your team score. But you could be the fifth place runner on your team, but you, your score can contribute to the overall team's ability to advance to state. Yes. Um, most of the time, your fourth and fifth place runner determines, determines what you do. Um, most teams will have their first one, two, three runners be up top. And then it, the, your fourth and fifth, it depends on how well they run and how many points they get. Cause their points will be more, um, that kind of determines your, your team score very often. So, so you need, you can go individually, but you really do need a, a solid five to eight runners on it, you know, in a program. So as far as the girls go that are advancing to state this year, uh, what consists of the girls' team? So the girls, they, we, uh... Like, who are they? Oh, okay. 
Um, so for the girls this year, um, for this race, Maeve Merriman got first at regionals for us. And then just kind of in order, um, it went Madeline Thornton, then Ella Dunn, then Rain Banks, then Mikkel Ross, then Sarah Robinson, and Rylan Richards. Um, and even though that was the order for this race, it was a completely different order at districts and a completely order different order in previous races. So they kind of all seven of them have the op have the shot of being our number one runner every week. You just never know. They kind of, they're, they're very close in times. It's been fascinating because we've been covering uh, obviously girls cross country here at the sports wrap. And it seems like every time I'm bringing up marathon girls cross country, there's a different person in first place, second place, third place. And that's sort of interchanging. That has to be a great thing that you guys have going there because I would imagine that those girls are pushing one another, not only each race, but each practice as who's going to be the number one. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's a huge, we had, we had 15 girls on the team all together throughout the year and um, you're allowed to take 10 to districts and then it drops to seven. But throughout the whole year, you never knew who was going to be that top seven, who was going to be that top five. Uh, it, they really did push each other and it, it was nice having that internal competition and their times dropped drastically from last year, um, which is probably due to the fact that they have so much competition every day at practice. There's no doubt about that competition, especially among your own team, is the number one thing that's going to make your team better when every single person has to look over their shoulder and see who's chasing behind them. Everybody's going to push a little harder. So um, you talk about Rain Banks and Mikkel. This has to be, I think, for Rain Banks, this is going to be her fourth straight trip to States. Yes, this this is her fourth trip. Um, this would be Mikkel's. I think second because she got injured uh, last season. But yeah, this is Rain's fourth year, um, and she's only a junior. Uh, she's been running since sixth grade on the team, and you know it's it's great to have a leader like Rain. You know, even if she didn't get first for our race, every girl's looking up to Rain and Mikel as, as the leaders of the team and the people that the girls that have been there the most and been in the most competitive races. And, you know, it's, it's nice having that wealth of knowledge rains ran now at the state course three times. So, you know, McKell's ran there once a bunch of the girl, a bunch of the girls that are on the team ran last year, but they have that experience that they can go to rain and ask to anything they need. And I'm sure she has the answer for them. So as far as the boys go, this is going to be the boys eighth straight trip to States and Tell me what happened at regional with the boys. So the boys ended up at third. They got third at regions. Um, they got second at districts, and they lost to the first two teams at regions with South or Palmer, who we lost to at districts. They won our district, and then South Florida Heat got second. So we we came in third, and we were pretty close to them. Um, Vance Bursa, who's our number one, he is our number one for the boys. He has been all year. Um, he got fourth place and ran a good race with a 16.48, um, which was a very good time for the course we were running on. Uh, and the rest, the next two through five boys all ran in the 18s, which that was the first time we've had that this year. So they, they ran a solid race and 
they were prepared and ready, and they, I'm excited to see how they do at States next week. So tell me what, what uh, gentlemen are going to be representing Marathon High School as far as cross-country go. Who's on the team? So we have uh, three brothers. They're the Bursas, and we have Vance and Jacob and Tony. And then we have Dylan Chalar and Mason Buxton. And then our six and seven, um, we have Emmett Merriman, who's a sixth grader. And then we have Jack Dunn, who's an eighth grader. All right. A couple of things our listeners might might be wondering. Well, at least one thing you talked about before middle schoolers running on a varsity sport. And we're talking about it again with the boys. All right, listeners, Marathon High School is a six through 12. And in Florida, if your high school has a middle school attached to it, then middle schoolers can participate in high school sports. They could play varsity sports. So Key West High School, uh, Key West High School doesn't have HOB is not connected to Key West High School. If it were, then those kids could play a varsity sport. Coral Shores High School doesn't have Key Largo School or PKS attached to it, so those guys can't play a varsity sport. So that's one of the advantages Marathon has is it might be the smallest high school in the Keys, but the middle schoolers there, the 6th graders, 7th graders, 8th graders, get an opportunity if they're good enough to participate in varsity sports. And how have, how have, how have, how have you used that, Murph, at Marathon High School and when did you start doing it, and when did you figure out this is something that's going to be good for us? So this is my 14th season, um, and for the middle school part, the teams we run against minus Coral Shores and Key West are pretty much predominantly 6 through 12 schools also. So it's not we, – we, we see a lot of middle schoolers run in varsity, um, which is different from other sports and other schools. Uh, but that was something – coming from a different coming from Michigan and you know a different atmosphere where there weren't schools that were 6 through 12 that was something that I had to adapt to and from a cross country standpoint or a track standpoint it's good because you get the kids running with the older kids and they 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 fall into the system and then when you have someone like Rain who is now 6 years has been running she she knows exactly what's going on more than what a senior would at a different school. Um, so it does make a benefit, you know, it, it, there is some benefits to it. Uh, you know, the downfall is also those that you have 12 year olds and 18 year olds on the same team and that, you know, you got to watch out for that also. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, this is my 14th year. So we've, the cross country team has seen many different dynamics, um, throughout the 14 years. Uh, we, I kind of, took over because there just really wasn't anyone else that would do it. Um, and we used it predominantly for conditioning for winter sports for basketball and soccer. And it was for, for the boys aspect of it. It was the kids that didn't play football, but played a winter sport. They would run cross country, I, you know, and mm-hmm. that's really what we did. And we didn't really focus and out of nowhere, we, we, we got some real runners and it kind of shifted. <laughs> well, absolutely. It's just a, a unique thing that Marathon has that a lot of people don't know. I mean, and if you go back in time, I think that played a decision in Jordan Roney going to Marathon, the great uh, softball pitcher, was she went from Sugarloaf to Marathon in seventh grade so she could pitch for the varsity softball team. And then she was able to to be a varsity 
uh, high school softball player for six years. So it's definitely something unique about Marathon High School when you talk about key sports. And there's been other uh, impact athletes through time, you know, that have been able to make that transition. And it seems like you have a few of them right now. But going back to the boys, when you talk about the three brothers, the Bursas, um, you're talking about some kids that have come to your school within the last couple of years. They were on Big Pine and they were being homeschooled. I know uh, myself, their mother, Helena Bursa, is a great runner in her own right where I am. I might be. I think I'm right here where she's always placed very high in the seven mile bridge run, placing as high as second overall in the bridge run in her age group, winning her age group before, but second overall in the bridge run. So you have these three brothers come to your school. Um, Tell us about them and the impact they've had on your team. Yeah, so they they show the the two older boys, um, Vance and Jacob, they came pre-COVID and they, they ran track with us and they were all excited to run cross country the next year. Then COVID hit and they, they kind of backed off for a year or two. And then when they came back, um, their mom was the one really pushing them to run cross country. They weren't sure if they liked it. And that first season they fell in love with it. Um, they, they would consider themselves, they, you know, they play soccer and other sports, but they would consider themselves runners first. Now, uh, their mom is, is an excellent runner. She, she's a wealth of information that, you know, I can use and go ask her questions. Um, but she, she's definitely put a discipline or, a a grit, I guess you could say into the boys that they, they are hard workers and very nice, respectful young men that, you know, when you mentioned the seven mile bridge, they all beat their mother last year. And she was not, she was not a fan of that. Um, she, that was the first time that had ever happened that any of them beat her in the seven mile bridge. And she, she still is not too happy about that one. Well, I know that in her time that she was a very elite athlete. She comes from uh, Europe and I know over there she was a very elite athlete. She uh, has a degree in physical education from uh, over in Europe and she's taught physical education and she's coached. And I know that she's a fantastic teacher that we have at Marathon High School. But as far as the boys go right now, the number one runner in that house is Vance. And tell me about Vance and your expectations for him uh, this coming weekend at States. For Vance, you know, I I knew he was going to be a, a good runner after track season last year. I, I, I assumed he would probably be our number one runner, but all of the boys have, have went past my expectations that we were going to have for this season. Um, I, I predicted that both the girls and the boys would make States again. I thought we had the ability to, I didn't expect us to get third at regions and going in so strong to States, uh, Vance is a competitor. I mean, he he is in the conversation uh, at states the the top ten medal, and he's in that conversation as a sophomore. And uh, the last time we had a sophomore medal was Jonathan Pitchford, and he ran a fifteen fifty eight. And I I think Vance is going for his time. I you know that's our school record, and I I think Vance. Vance is going for it. We're, you know, he's, we're, we're the early race. I was checking the weather today. It's going to be about 59 degrees, which is perfect. Um, 
I, I know that Van, Vance has mentioned once or twice that he would he would like to like to break 16. So I'm, you know, I'm cheering for him. I'm hoping the best, but you know, the boy the boys in general have a good shot of actually being the best team we've ever had at Marathon when it comes to team score. So you know, team score and uh, average time. So it, they got something to run for, and it's going to be exciting next Saturday. And this is not the beauty of cross country. The beauty of some of these individual score, individual sports playing as a team sport, is there's no debate. It's not going to be a LeBron Michael Jordan debate. Is this team going to have a better average time than your best previous team? If so, then that's the best team ever. I mean, there's some beauty in that. Yes, yeah. So it's you know we always. We keep track of kind of like a top seven of all, t- you know, because you have seven people on a team and we keep all time throughout, you know, since we've had cross country at Marathon. And, you know, Vance is, let's see, he would be, he would be second right now behind Jonathan as, you know, the top runner ever at our school. And Jonathan's best year at States was also his sophomore year. So, you know, it's, it'll be, it's, it's going to be exciting. Um, you know, back in 2016, the boys ran a team average of 17.37 and got third that year. I don't know if we can get to third, but I think we can get to, we may be able to get to 17.37, you know, as a team average. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had, Times have gotten a lot faster over the years, but, you know, that's something that we're shooting for this weekend. So, well, I just want to say good luck to the boys and the girls both in states. Congratulations as far as this year goes. But now everybody loves an origin story. So your origin story, you mentioned before that you came here from Michigan. How did you get here to Marathon? How did you get to the Florida Keys? How did you get to Marathon High School? So my wife and I both moved down here 16 years ago, I believe it is. And it was uh, her aunt. Uh, moved down here in the seventies and just kind of, you know, I, we both had graduated from college and there was no jobs. It was when the economy was, was rough and it was especially rough in the Midwest. And so she was like, they're always hiring teachers here. And it was the first year the school was opening at marathon. And, you know, we, we both moved down with her for the concept that we would stay for like a year and work and, kept our house in Michigan for the concept that we were probably going to only stay for a year and we loved it down here and we haven't left and we sold that house and you know we we plan on retiring down here so that that was kind of our story we didn't really know what to expect she had been coming down to the keys her whole life I I had not so it it was a it was a culture shock for me but I, I really enjoy from coming from a bigger city, the, the small town aspect of the keys. So what are all the sports that you've coached so far at marathon and how did you get involved into cross country? I know you touched on that a little bit, but let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. So when I, when my first year here, I, I took over the soccer, the boys soccer program and I coached that for 10 seasons. Um, and probably my third year, they, had a cross country coach leave and another cross country coach leave. And I was already out there in the fall, making the kids run that, that played soccer that when I first tried to get them to play football. And if they didn't, then I made them go run, you know, and they were like, why don't you just coach cross country and make them run and go to some races. So I, that's how I started with cross country. Um, and that first, 
the first two years, we actually took two girls teams to States, which, you know, I, so I got the whole idea of what that looked like kind of, but not really, you know, it was, it was still something new and, but I coached soccer for 10 years and then I have, let's see here. I coach middle school basketball and middle school baseball right now. Um, trying to, yeah. And that's about, I'm, I'm the middle school athletic director right now. Um, that that's pretty much what I've coached. Okay. So, so you have done a lot of things, but in the meantime, you were coaching boys soccer varsity and you were coaching cross country at the same time. You know, we talk about on this podcast, you, you took first time, you took two sets of girls teams to state, but this is the eighth time for the boys, the fourth time for the girls. When did you turn the corner as far as cross country goes is this is the formula for success. And this is how we go to States every year. Yeah. So it's, you know, we, we had those two girls teams and then we had some, some many years off and then it was like around, let's see here. I kind of wrote a little note here. 2015 was the first time we went with the boys. Um, and really what turned it around is we, we had, I had a few kids that played soccer still that, you know, I I think that year we had like 18 or 20 boys that ran cross country, but we only had like seven of them that actually ran cross country. Um, (laughs) my, my, my soccer boys, if we ran more than three miles, they were, they were not happy. Um, but then I had, I had some other kids that really picked it up. And in that year I had a senior Joel Zayla who, uh, ended up running for, I don't know, four to six years because of COVID at, at Warner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, did, did very well there, but he, uh, he was kind of our leader and we had, we had two boys that had been homeschooled previously that were just starting school and Jonathan and Owen Pitchford and Aiden Child was here. There was, uh, Matthew Pinkley. Um, but we, I had, a, I had a group of kids that, that really enjoyed running and we never really had anyone go under 20 minutes. And the coach at Coral Shores at the time, I, I can't remember her first name, but it was Miss Fry. And she told me to stop doing all these little races and to actually start going to an invitational. And I, so I took her word and we went up to Titusville. And we went to an invitational and we never had anyone break 20 and all five of them broke <laughs> 20 and ran in the 19th. Yeah. And that really, we were successful there and it was, it made it so like we saw that we could compete and that kind of changed everything that we, we decided that we were a cross country team (laughs) and not just like a sport training for other stuff. And, you know, after that race, we, we went through districts and regionals and States and the next year we decided we were going to find the best competition in the state of Florida. And we kind of have been doing that since. And we, we try to find the toughest, best teams, which where are they racing this week? And we, we try to compete against them and, and it's made us better. And we just have kind of kept the same format going. I, I find that to be really, really fascinating. You know, what you're talking about is, is going to that first meet in Titusville. And, you know, as you know, I'm not only a podcast host, but I'm a coach and I'm a teacher too. And this is something that we always grapple with as far as coaches is when you come to scheduling, oh, should we schedule this team that's better than us? Should we, should we go to this race where all these good people are going to be at, quote unquote? And the fact of the matter is, is a lot of times 
our athletes, especially in the Keys, need to be exposed to maybe more elite athletes to see what it looks like. And so they will have that ability to step their game up. And I think that's an important milestone that you reached because sometimes our players are living on an island and they're so they just don't know what it looks like. And to get them out in the world and to show them this is what a real cross-country meet looks like with real runners. And then perhaps your runners are like, hey, we could do this too. So what a great thing you did with that. Right. And it's, you know, and we've, we've kept it going. We, you know, it's, it's something. And then at that time, we didn't really, the girls weren't that strong. And then they, they kind of saw that we were going to these good races and they wanted to start going. So they started getting better. Once they got better, they started going with us, and now they're doing. You know, they're they're kind of following suit with the boys, which is which is a great thing for the program. So that you know that that was the goal intended, and it's working so far. We'll see we'll we'll see how long it'll go. (laughs) Well, uh, another thing that I really wanted to touch on and give you a lot of credit for is the fact of the matter that with um, with Jonathan Pitchford and with Aiden Aiden Child, both of them in their own time while they're in high school winning the seven mile bridge run that's a huge accomplishment for your not only you and for them but for your program and for the community because as long as i've been following the seven mile bridge run uh students don't win that and what did you help them train for that and if so what was that like oh we we definitely trained for it um i think it was let me think here it was six years. This would be the sixth year that we've had track. Um, and when, when we started track, that became the seven mile bridge run became a week that we did not schedule a track race. And it was pure focus on the seven mile bridge. And we kind of, we kind of dedicated that as like one of our big races of the year. And you know, it's, it's a race that the kids love running. Uh, you know, it, our goal is to keep on competing in it, but also my goal always is, is to try to get as many kids at our high school to run it. Cause I think it's a really cool experience. And, uh, the seven mile bridge committee allows the kids to run it at a, at a nice discount. And it's, it's something that I try to push all of them to do. Um, and it's my cross country team always runs it no matter what, but I, like I said, I coach middle school baseball. I'm going to try to make all of them run it this year to see how they do. Um, but you know, it's, it was something that we put into the training. Uh, Aiden Child, his aunt is one of the the founders of the race, so that was that was one of the greatest experiences. Watch seeing how excited she was at the finish line when when Aiden just appeared out of nowhere. You know, you you, you kind of look. I've I've been doing the working at the finish line for a couple of years now at the race, and you kind of see from distance who's coming. And you know, it was like, oh, there's Aiden, and that, that was really exciting. I can't imagine the excitement that you had for one of your athletes that you that you coached. They're winning a nationally known, a, a race known all around the world, the seven mile bridge run. And your runner, while that person is in high school, has the best overall time of all the participants and not only once, but to do it twice. And so you're someone you're you're talking about uh, cross country. You're talking about 
soccer. You're talking about middle school baseball. You've been at Marathon for 16 years. You're a guy that always does the chains. You're at basketball games. You're at baseball games. You're everything. You know, what are some of your favorite overall memories at Marathon High School just in regards to Marathon High School sports in general? Well, yeah, I, I definitely do go to a lot of the games. Uh, you know, minus minus sports I coached, I remember, and I, I'm awful with years, but my first couple years here, uh, we, we beat Key West down in Key West for football. And, you know, that was a great scene, but then we beat him again the following year at home. And I remember that was like on our old field, we didn't have the, we didn't have the bleachers to host because Mm -hmm. Key West traveled with their whole school. And we, the field was basically wrapped around with fans. And I remember that just being one of the coolest high school atmospheres of any sporting event I had ever been to. And it was really cool to see it at Marathon. And that, that's one of them that really sticks out. And Okay, you know, let, let's, let's yeah. break that down a little bit. Um, I could tell you, I'm just off the top of my head, that's around 2008, 2009-ish. I, too, was at that game. I was still teaching at Sugarloaf, and I took my oldest son because we wanted to watch the two teams play. Um, I was on the Key West side, and which is the visitor side of that old field at Marathon High School. And I could tell you, Marv, I do 100% agree with what you're talking about. The stands were full. But then, as everyone recalls, because if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably been there. On the other side was the visitor side, and it was eight, nine people deep. I had to hold Jackson over my head to watch the game. It was Robert James was coaching at Key West High School. And, um, you know, Marathon High School had Lance Martin coaching, and that was an incredible game because both communities were there, and it was a close game. Marathon won in the end, but what a great night that was for Monroe County. Yes, and that was, you know, I remember that was Nyron Ross and A.J. Freeman would just, you, you didn't see him, and then out of nowhere he'd be in the backfield. It was, it was a good game, but it was, uh, yeah, like that, we, we had bleachers on the visitor's side for like, we took the baseball bleachers that at that time maybe sat about 40 people. Right. <laughs> and yeah. That, and, and that's what we had for Key West. And, you know, so it was, it, it was, it was lined up. It was, that was great. Um, but yeah, that, that's one of the times I remember, I can remember, you know, basketball when, when we've made a few runs and the gym going crazy, uh, you know, it's, it's not a huge gym. So, you know, when it, when it gets full on both sides, it, you know, in marathon, we only pull the, the bleachers out on the bench side of the players. If it's, you know, a big game. And I remember, you know, one or two years where we were really good and those bleachers were out every game and everybody went, you know, I remember that from the girls side. I remember when they made the final four for soccer and, you know, we, we had charter buses for the fans that we would leave and go to games, on, you know, away games on a Thursday night, like in, in Fort Lauderdale and stuff. And that, that was really exciting. Um, yeah. I mean, th- th- there was many years that, you know, it was, we, we can, you know, everything for all three schools in the keys comes in waves. And, you know, it's, I, I remember the golden years of each sport, I guess is the best way to say it. For my 16 years of being here, I know there's many more, pre, you know, but for my years being here, I've seen I've seen a couple sports have have their 
their peak and it's been enjoyable to watch. I agree. That's that's the best part about working in the schools and living down here is is being able to have this small town environment and to know the coaches and to know the players on not only your team, but the other teams. And we do all live in a great place. And I'm grateful for the Keys Weekly for allowing me to do this podcast. And Murph, I just want to say to you, congratulations, a job well done. And your job is not over yet because you're going to have states this weekend and good luck to the girls and good luck to the boys and good luck to the coaches. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Sean. Thank you guys for listening this week to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald. And uh, I do have one more little story, a shout out I want to give. I was at the football game last week, uh, our last game at Marathon High School for the season against University School. And a lot of people came out and I talked about at the top of the show, the 2000 team being being honored there. Uh, I saw a lot of familiar faces. I saw a lot of faces that I haven't seen in a long time. And uh, there's one particular I want to give a shout out to. And he was a great athlete at Key West High School. A big time football player there, a kid that grew up in the lower keys and he played sports in the lower keys. And then he played sports at Key West in Key West at the City League, uh, went to Sugarloaf, went to Key West High School. We're all proud of him. I saw him at the game and that is Officer Ty Torres of the Sheriff's Department. What a great guy. It was great seeing you. He listens to the podcast every week, he told me. So thanks a lot, Ty. I hope you continue listening and you're doing a great job out there for the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast this week. Uh, The new podcast is going to come out next Thursday. Have a great day.